Dr. Morris Duffy and I have the pleasure, the absolute pleasure of having uh, Claire Riley from the NHS with me uh, this morning. Um, hello, Claire. How are you? I'm all right, Morris. How are you? I'm okay. I'm sure it must be a difficult time in the NHS at the moment. Yeah, it's it's really busy, but the teams are working flat out. And I think I have to say, if if anybody was going to be coolie in any country, I'd rather be in the UK for sure. All right. So tell us a little bit about you know who you are and what you do in the NHS, and then we'll kind of start the conversation from there. Yeah, so I'm the Executive Director of Communications and Corporate Affairs for Northumbria Healthcare. Um, and, and basically, I do all aspects of communications and uh, engagement, but, but also I do quite a lot with volunteers. I run our charity, um, so quite a varied role, including our chaplaincy service and everything. So, so yes, it's, it's always good to get involved in some great work within the NHS. And are you in the NHS right now or are you isolated? So where, where, where am I talking to you today? I'm in my office in the NHS. Okay. So I'm, and, I'm talking from Silverley. Okay. And, and, and what's the atmosphere like and how are people, you know, the general staff, what's the, what's the general feeling from the front line? Yeah, I think, I think you know, everybody is by nature nervous. There's, there's, that is the norm, really. Um, and if anybody said that they weren't, it would, it would be a weird thing to say. Um, but really, I think overall, from an NHS point of view, we have this 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 thing that we're all in it together. And so uh, I said earlier, you know, if, if we we are the envy of the world from a health service and and actually, if anybody's going to tackle this as well as anybody, the NHS will. And and it's it's humbling to see the work that's going on in the front line. The, the work that our nurses and doctors and healthcare's and porters and security guards are having to deal with day in, day out. Um, um, it's just amazing what they do. So it's, it's a privilege to be around and it's a privilege to support. And, and what makes the NHS the envy of the world? Is it the talent of the people, which I'm sure it is? You know, we've got the best. You know, is it the, um, the work ethic? Is it the application? What, what, what is it? What is that kind of thing that makes the NHS the envy of the world? Well, I think, you know, if you look at some of the clinical outcomes, if you look at, at the work that we do, some of the innovation, you know, we're at the forefront of, of innovation across the world. But also, you know, it's not just about the NHS pride that we have in ourselves. It's the pr pride of communities and um, the people who we serve have in, in the NHS. And, you know, we we are by nature, We everybody loves the NHS. We are loved by the NHS. And I think that's come come across in bundles over the last few weeks, the amount of uh, things that we've had given from businesses, from individuals, it's just amazing. And, and people just want to support us all of the time. In the last week, we've had 190 volunteers just wanting to play a part in tackling something that's pretty, it's, it's unprecedented. Mm. I, I, and I know because I'm, I'm one of those volunteers. So I, I know what a, an extraordinary effort and, and, and you know, the, the, the community feeling that there is around the NHS, not just nationally, but locally as well. Um, you know, I, I have to ask the question, you know, do you have all of the equipment? Because I hear so much about, you know, not having enough equipment, not testing enough. You know, what's your general view on, again, from the front line about what you're seeing and, and, and what you're experiencing? So, it, you know, we're doing our best to make sure that all of our teams have all of the equipment. 
equipment they need. We've had some amazing support from local businesses, so a real big thank you for businesses that have gone out of their way to help us when we've needed it. Um, we are getting regular uh, deliveries of, of equipment, um, but these, these deliveries need to happen all of the time because we use the equipment all of the time. It is by nature logistically quite difficult if you think about the millions of, of kit that's being delivered every single second of every single day. Um, but yeah. we're certainly getting a flow through. It is something that we are looking at all of the time. Um, yeah. And uh, touch wood, you know, we're, we're doing okay, but we always need deliveries coming through. And, and that's why we work with the system to make sure that we get those deliveries. But also we've, across the region, put out a call out for businesses who can help. We've got schools printing um, visors on 3D printers. We've got, we've got lots of things happening across, across the region, which is fantastic to see. Now, of course, I, I know you well, and, and I know where you're based, and, and, and I know the, you know, North Tyneside very well, but again, for the benefit of people who may be listening elsewhere, you know, Claire is based in North Tyneside, which is in the northeast of England. Um, what are, what admittance have you seen? You know, I've seen that whatever it is, 170 or 180 people who have been declared as having the coronavirus in, in, your, in, in the region. Um, you know, what, what are you seeing on the front line? Is that number, you know, what, what you're seeing? Um, are you feeling that you're at ninety percent utilization, one hundred percent utilization? You know, do you have capacity, or is that capacity slowly being burnt up? And, and what I'm really interested with is, you know, are we getting towards the peak? Are we at the peak? You know, are we coming up? Because again, everybody hears about this peak, and we have to flatten this peak right? that we're all um, without fully understanding what the peak actually is. So my question. You know, the best people to ask that question are, yeah, the best people, you know, these are very clever people who, who work with models and go through this all of the time. But what I will say is we all have our part to play in, in tackling what we are facing. And there are so many unknowns about what we're facing that it would be impossible to give any assurances in that sense. But what we can say is by staying at home, by doing what the government is asking you to do will help us to save lives. And I think that's what we've got to focus on, Morris. So, you know, people will talk about peaks, people will talk about, you know, I think the government yesterday gave some really helpful information um, based on some of the, the numbers that they're seeing coming through. But the more we can stay at home, the more we can allow our services to save lives. And I think that's got to be um, the, the, the key for people. People just need to do this at all. And, and you know you, you're you're fading in and out uh, there a little bit, not not too much. So I I can hear you, but it just there is a slight okay. delay. Um, but you know I I know that this is kind of a, a okay. difficult, and, and I'm and I'm really grateful for you making the time to talk to me today because you know there are pressing priorities and there are things that I'm sure you take you have to be doing, um, which are uh, outside the realms of this. But you know I think what what would be also useful to know. Um, are, 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 are to get your view on, you know, uh, I, I've been watching, you know, the, the Boris Johnson uh, scenario play out. Um, you know, you, you know what my politics are, but, you know, everybody, the humanity or the human element of it is that this is exceptionally sad uh, that, that he finds himself in this position. You know, I, I'm sure he's getting the best care as possible, but it is an absolute endorsement if one of the most powerful people in the country can be laid down you know who's to say that i can't be laid down or, or other people who are listening can't be laid down and you know the washing of that 
strength and, and, and the sticking room and the isolation. I, you know, I, I completely endorse it from a behavioral point of view. You know, it's, it's not always just about us, but we don't know who we're talking to or we don't know who we're engaging with, uh, how their immune systems would respond to it. And uh, we have an obligation to ensure you know, that we're not passing it on or that we're not being party to it or that we're not in any way facilitating, you know, its spread. Um, but, you know, again, from a, a hospital point of view, are you seeing yourselves getting to capacity or are you coping well? I think like with everybody else, we, we are coping with the demands that we've got and, and the teams are doing a fantastic job. Um, and, and if anybody's going to deal with it, you know, the good old Northumbria spirit and actually the NHS overall in the, in the northeast region, we're really well served by the NHS. But ultimately, we will do what we need to do um, to, to deal with whatever we have to face. And, um, you know, each, each day changes and uh, we just have to stay on top of it, Morris. Okay. So kind of moving outside of that, and there is a life, hopefully, that we will get back to, even though everybody is defining it as, uh, as the new normal. And I've been uh, working over the, the last number of hours on the kind of tsunami mindset. How do we deal with the consequences of what we've got through? Because, you know, undoubtedly we will get through it and we will overcome it and there will be another time. And, and, and you know, we have to start preparing for that. But, you know, who are you as an individual and how have you found yourself to be in the NHS at this point in time? I think a lot of people who work in the NHS just roll their, sla roll their sleeves, sleeves up and just do what really is, is required. You know, I've, I've been really impressed by my team you know it's not it, the nurses the doctors the you know the porters do fantastic jobs but you know as an organization we've got over 10,000 staff not everybody is frontline we are all have a role to play whether or not you're paying the, the wages or paying the bills or, or doing the communications or, or medical records you know we we all have a part to play and we all by nature just roll our sleeves up and to make sure that we're helping what you know the front line but also doing what we need to do and 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 and, and i think that you know one of the the things that have come out of um this scenario is the appreciation for you still with me claire yeah yeah so it's, the, it's the appreciation for the jobs that some people do you know i was uh, now, when I said talking to the postman, I was talking to the postman through the window, but, you know, continuing to have to do it in difficult circumstances. You know, the delivery guys that deliver the food, even that pizza delivery, that man who gives you a pizza and leaves it outside your front gate, right? Um, you know, uh, absolutely essential to keep the whole life moving on or to keep us actually some way feeling a little bit normal. But my, my question to you is, you know, how, what has been your career? So I'm just curious from a, a, that point of view that brought you to the NHS right now. So what's your background? How have you ended up where you've ended up right now? Um, so that people get a, a better sense of who you are as an individual, uh, not just the role that you play. Um, I've, I've probably had an unusual um, uh, uh, jump into the NHS, but previously I, I'm from private sector. So I worked for Northumbrian Water for 16 years before I joined the NHS 12 years ago. I joined the NHS. And um, I worked in, in marketing um, for Northumbrian Water. And I was lucky enough to have the opportunity of joining the NHS. Uh, and, and, and actually, I've, I've loved it ever since. So, yeah, it's, it's been a 
different route into the NHS. I'm not an NHS lifer, um, but but it's a it's a great organisation to work in, and uh, it's it's you know it, it's really the, when you can see the impact the work that you do have almost instantaneously. The feedback is fantastic. So it's it's a really rewarding to career to be in. And, and and how are your family dealing with uh, isolation? Um, well, my my kids are older, so I've got an eighteen year old and a soon to be twenty two year old. And so, so well, yeah. But my my eldest is self isolating with her university pals, and um, my my youngest is uh, in 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 the house with with. For an old mum and dad, I'm afraid. So, but they're fine. Yeah, they're they're, they're fine and 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 doing as they're told and uh, staying at home. And 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 how are they dealing with the the kind of you know the and and is is undoubtedly you know for for somebody like me who kind of spends their lives in coffee shops and you know does a lot of external meetings and a lot of travelling, um, it is a very strange experience. Um, it's a bit surreal. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm fortunate in the fact that I've got a garden and I've got a beach outside the house. So, you know, I get some release from, uh, from it, but it must be really, really difficult for some individuals. And I'm curious to see, you know, what's your partner, you know, how are they finding it? How are the kids finding it? Uh, and what are they doing during the day that kind of gets them through the day? Because, you know, if you haven't got a structure to your day, it's yeah. very difficult to kind of manage the day well. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm certainly keeping my husband busy, so uh, he, he's got work to do in the house, so he, he's got no chance to get bored. But what I worry more, most about, actually, is, is my mum, you know, my eight-year-old mum, who has been in, in the house and we haven't really allowed her out for, for many weeks now, when normally she is a fit and active um, uh, woman, and, and so you know she has family around her and quite close there will be some people who don't have family close to them and I think it's all of our responsibilities to just make sure we're looking in on those people who maybe don't have visits from family regularly who need a bit of support and extra help because because it's it's those people who won't probably shout for help and won't be asking for a little bit of company so even if it's just picking the phone up to somebody you haven't phoned for a long time we need to just try and take our responsibility to our neighbours and look after people, really. And, and, and it is difficult. You know, I've got a similar circumstance myself, you know, where uh, my wife's dad, who's uh, in his 80s, uh, with, you know, suffers from asthma, um, but plays golf every day, every single day. But, you know, for weeks now, he's been in isolation. Uh, we're fortunate in the fact that he lives kind of pretty close to us and I, I can wave to him from my front window, so I get that social contact. But but it is it is a, a extremely difficult, and you know it, it it is also you know as you know I've got an eleven year old boy, and uh, you know I'm, I'm not sure that he's fully appreciating the home teaching. Uh, he says I'm more strict than than the uh, teacher, and uh, you know we're in the Easter holiday period, and I'm not allowing him to have an Easter holiday, right on the basis <laughs> that I'm going, and he's kind of saying, "Oh my pals." Um, but it, it, it is a strange time and it will have consequences. And I, I don't know whether you'd agree with me, but, you know, the, the consequences of it will be on behaviour. Uh, I think that one of the consequences will be a, a greater appreciation 
of the need to invest in our NHS. I think the, the consequence will be a greater need to look at the forward planning. You know, to me, a pandemic, we should be thinking of it in the same light as a, a nuclear threat. And it should be getting the same level of investment because, you know, we cannot have a repeat of this again. Um, and how we manage it and, and, and the manner in which we manage it, you know, I hope and hope and hope, you know, that there are some people learning lessons that can be applied. Uh, because I see quite a lot of it from a business point of view. And the coaching that I do with a lot of business people are under huge stress. You know, the amount of businesses that are under stress is just absolutely enormous. Even businesses that were very good, you know, they've just shut down. They've just completely and utterly shut down. And I know the government, you know, to be fair, is, is doing what it can and it's spending a lot of money. Uh, but the reality is on the ground and the people that I'm finding, and, and I'm talking about business people here, you know, it, is they're struggling. And if they're struggling, those who work for them, right, or who are further down, you know, the chain in the sense of, you know, <coughs> dependent upon, you know, the weekly or the daily or the monthly wage, um, it is it is very difficult. And, you know, the social con consequences is, to me is, is one of the things that, are you seeing any of this coming through? Is there is there something that you're seeing coming through that's outside of, you know, the immediacy of the, uh, coronavirus, you know, I saw yesterday, which is which is one of the things that I, I wrote about recently, is you know there was a twenty three percent increase in the calls to domestic abuse lines, uh, and that's scary. Uh, um, and and when you think about it, isolation with people who are abusive, or isolation with people who have that tendency, it's going to make it worse. And it's going to make it more immediate. And the fact that they're not going out to work are that they're more in the house together because it's not just about, you know, those that are on social. It is about people who are wealthy as well, right? And, um, you know, that it spreads right across uh, the demographics of that particular group. So I'm asked, the question that I'm asking is, are you seeing anything like that or are you getting anything like that coming through some of the social lines uh, or the trust? I think there's a, a few things in what you've said there, Morris. There's, there's, the first one I'll pick up is, is around behaviours. I think we'll look back on this time and we'll look at the behaviours before COVID. We'll look at the behaviours during COVID and we'll look at the behaviours after COVID. And I think that, that's going to be really interesting to look at. I think that, um, you know, how you behave during this outbreak it'll be ultimately your personal legacy and and that's why you know we all have to be mindful of how we behave it would be really easy to to overreact or, or underreact or, or react to a comment one person makes in the heat of the moment and you know we just need to be really conscious of that on the other side on the business front um i think i think i i can't ultra, i can't make political points or, or, or anything but what I can say is you know from from the outside looking in and I'm not in business it, it appears to be quite a, a, a substantial and unprecedented support package that government have put in place uh, to try and support organizations in, in local businesses uh, certainly I've never seen anything in, in my lifetime and I, I'm guessing not many other nobody else has too and um, but we also, as large organisations like the NHS, when we start to recover, 
we need to determine what is our responsibility to support local businesses and how can we work proactively with local organisations in that sense to try and support them because they've supported us during this time. And I think it would be really good to see how we take our responsibility for supporting those local organisations going forward. And then the final point around you know, what we're starting to, to see, there are, we know that there will be some sick people out in the community and they are not presenting to their GP or they are not going into a and &E early enough for the support that they need. So there's a few behaviours there. We need them to go to a and &E. We need them to seek help because actually it could be too late. So we're starting to definitely raise the awareness around stroke in particular and also heart attacks any symptoms of that nature you need to seek help straight away and you may have seen some local media um on on that recently um but i think at the end of this i i bet we will have to have a new norm we can't go back and we won't, won't be able to go back and and how that new norm is formed it's, it's for people far brighter than me to determine how, how that works. But I think we'll all have a part to play in that. And, and I think we, we all need to take our behaviours as part of that. Uh, um, or make sure we have the right behaviours as we go into that new norm. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, uh, there's no way that I'm brighter than you. Um, but it is something that 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 that, that I that I work on, and, and and you're absolutely right. You know, we 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 cannot extend the past into the future. Uh, you know, the reality of what's going to happen after COVID, and there will be an after COVID, is is, is something that's taxing a lot of minds. Um, and how we prepare for it, and you know, I, I I work with a number of individuals who are kind of working through that or thinking through that, be it in political sphere, or be it in the um, business sphere or um, in, 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 even in the sports sphere. So, you know, thank you very much for your time. I've got some kind of quick uh, questions to ask before we finish up, kind of, you know, uh, of general interest is, you know, who's your favourite band and what's your favourite song and why? My favourite band has to be Wham. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you why, because when I was uh, 11, I've seen them at Rasmataz, and I still have Andrew Ridgely's plectrum. Brilliant. And your favourite uh, drink, or you know, what is your favourite drink? You I'm missing my coffee, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of trying to remind myself of coffee shops, and I'm, I'm going to get in touch with them for a little bit of uh, brand advertising here. Um, but yeah, you know, what's your favourite drink? I, I am a, um, I, I do like a cup of tea, but I also equally like a, a Pinot Grigio has got to be my favourite tipple. And, you know, sport, what sport do you, uh, do you like? Um, I, I used to, when I was younger, I was, I, I, I quite like running quite a bit, um, but more, I'm probably more into circuit training and body attack and now and again I do a, a bit of jogging, but not much. I know. I quite like spinning. Out. I quite like spinning. I, I, I've, I've seen the pictures of you working out. I've even seen the pictures of you running through muddy water. So yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can uh, absolutely endorse that particular comment. And 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 my last one, you know, is, is who in history? Right? And I'm I'm going to give a preamble because you now know the question that's coming. But who in in history, um, you know, would you admire? And 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 what would be the thing that you would kind of take out? Um, of that, you know, that you would 
say to people, this is what I've learned from these individuals or this individual, and this is what I think that you know, they can teach us right now? I suppose right now it has to be Florence Nightingale. If you think of the, what we're tackling in the NHS and the, the, the spirit and the, the passion and the ambition that we're seeing from uh, workers across the NHS and the care sector, to be fair, you know, it, it has to be her. Good. Well, you know, I, I, I thank you for your time. You know, I, I, I know obviously you and, 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 and many people in the trust. So I wish you every success. Um, and, and when I say every success, because it's so important to all of us and you're keeping us alive. Uh, and that's kind of critical to, uh, to where we are right now. Um, and, you know, I pass on my best wishes and uh, my absolute sincere hope, you know, that you keep safe. Uh, that's the most important thing. And, um, you know, that you keep up the good work. And I would join with many people in giving, you know, a round of applause to the NHS. The Fair Riley, the thank, NHS. You very, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Morris. Can I just say a quick thank you? Sure. Yeah, can I say a big thank you to all of the teachers, to all of the care workers, to all of the doctors. Claire, can you say that again? For all of the nurses, to all of the doctors, Claire, amazing. Can I just ask you to say that again because you broke up and that's kind of a really important point. Yeah, no worries. Can I just say a big thank you to all of the teachers who are coming to work at a time when they wouldn't normally be coming to work over Easter and actually it's, it's integral to keeping our services going to all of the businesses that have offered support and brought in the food for our teams and the cakes and everything it's amazing to all of the policemen who, who really support our work going forward to, to everybody in the care sector everybody in local authorities doing a fantastic job and of course everybody else in the NHS amazing work. Thank you very much Claire Riley. If you're interested in change, mindset and personal development, whether in your personal life or career, you can head over to morristuffy.com forward slash resources, where you'll be able to access loads of inspirational material, articles, podcasts and motivational thoughts, as well as meditation and visualization exercises. You can also get in touch with Dr. Maurice Duffy and his team by email on letstalkatmorristuffy.com. And don't forget to follow him on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Simply search for at The Beak Squawks.